know the vibes. We are back. Another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast sponsored by NBA 2K22. If you don't already have your copy, I know what you're doing. Make sure you go get your copy by hitting the link in our description to support the show. Also on that note, I want to thank everyone because the Twitter timeline has been blowing up with crazy love from all of you. There was a tweet asking for the best basketball podcast out there right now. And so many of you tagged us under that tweet. I just want to say love. I just want to say thank you. We appreciate you. You're rocking. And we're giving you love from the state sides too. We're giving you love everywhere. Mo, it's been amazing to work and talk basketball, working with you. But the response from our fan base has been incredible. It's, it's not a fan base, BJ. It's the family. This is the family. It's the family. These are yeah, all my cousins out there listening. Everyone who yeah, listens yeah. to Show's Love, you get the co-sign from me. <laughs> Cousin Mo and Uncle BJ. How about that? Yeah, this is family <laughs> affair. Word to Mary J. Word to Auntie Mary. <laughs> Auntie Mary. That's Auntie Mary. Shout out to Mary J. She's doing the NBA halftime show as well. They just announced the lineup. DJ oh, Carter is he's bringing Mary you know J. What? Go on. Go, no, who else is there? We're bringing Mary there? J. Blige, Lil Wayne, Ludacris, Gunner, Lil Baby, and Migos. They're going to be doing the NBA halftime show. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, sir. Yes, beautiful. sir. So, so we just want to spread the love and say thank you because we see it all. We appreciate every single one of you. And that's how this stuff grows. You know, the more people you tell about this show, the more it can grow, the better we can make it. The more episodes we can do, the more guests we can do. We had a great guest on yesterday. If you haven't heard that yesterday, Coach Brendan Sir, who's coached the Dream Team, the Bad Boy Pistons, and gave us a little insight into the mind of Ben Simmons, who he went to coach at LSU to work with one-on-one. So, you know, BJ Armstrong, three-time NBA champion, your boy, Mamoussi, we're back for another episode. Right now, we're about to enter the All-Star break, so I thought it's time to have a conversation about the MVP race. I'm going to give you my top three. BJ's going to give you his top three. But before I can do a top three, there are some names that I have to give a shout out to. Gamar DeRozan has been playing incredible basketball. Historic. And he would be a leader for MVP if it weren't for how great the other guys have been too. Any other season, I think DeMar would be up there in the top three. I also have to shout out to John Morant, leading the young Grizzlies. The reason why he's not in the top three for me is because the Grizzly squad can still perform without him. You know, we saw Tyus Jones step up massively the other night. And that's not a knock on John Morant, but that's just how these things go. It goes with a narrative. And then speaking of narrative, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, for me, both of them have been having excellent seasons. But because both of them are so great, it takes away from the MVP chances of the others. That leads me to my top three. At number three, I've got Nikola Jokic. At number two, I've got Joel Embiid. And at number one for me right now, the MVP is Giannis Antetokounmpo. BJ, you saw him drop the 50-piece last night. 50-piece, no fries, no sauce. You know I had to give it to you. I Mm. gave it to you, Mo. You know I sent that to you. You know I sent that to you. Yep. Um, You know, Mo, I have to agree with everything you just said there. Even the order? Even the order of the top three, or would you change that? Even the order. I mean... Those guys, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid, that changes daily. It yep. changes by the quarter. Yeah. Okay. If you would have said yesterday before your Celtics went in mm. there, I mean, they, it was a massacre. I tried you to know, tell them. A, it, I tried it was to a tell massacre. them. 
you know, you if you would have said before yesterday, MB could have easily been number one. He, he was number Giannis, one until, until yeah. yesterday. <laughs> and then Giannis comes in with a 50-piece, okay? Uh, and then now you have to throw him at number one. So I think the race is a very tight race. But you know what I, I really respect is the recognition of players like DeMar DeRozan, okay? DeMar DeRozan... Just give him credit, man. I mean, mm. you know what? This guy is playing, you know, exceptional basketball. And the thing I love about DeMar is his game, he appears to be improving at this age. It's crazy, right? I was talking the, the yeah, other day, yeah. I, I was talking about his playmaking. Because you know when he dropped that 40-point game, everyone's excited about the scoring. But the playmaking and the chances he's creating for his teammates as well. He learned yeah, a lot of that in San Antonio, but looks like a whole new player. Uh, yeah. I, the thing I love about how he's playing now is his awareness to time and score. He's just not scoring empty points and putting up stats. He's scoring and it's with a purpose to win. And I love that. And, um, and, you know, he's, he's evolved as a player he's developed and wherever he learned that, you know, great for him. And the bulls are benefiting from that. So DeMar DeRozan, we need to give him a shout out. Know, do I think he's do I think he's playing as well as those three? No, but he needs a shout out. Ja Morant, listen, that's must see TV. He's he's Ja Morant without question. And I love the fact that you recognize Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And I don't want to take those guys for 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 granted. You know, Devin Booker is the best player on the best team in the league. You know, out of respect to the game, we have to recognize yep. him. And what he's doing. He may not be putting up the stats and numbers of those guys, oh. but he's doing something right. He's doing something and he must be recognized for what he's doing. And Chris Paul, listen, I, I there's nothing I can say. I was talking about Chris Paul the other day, and I and I and I, you know, and I said this, and then uh, you know, I, I was halfway joking, but not really. Chris Paul should be coach of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think Draymond, Draymond should be up there too. <laughs> Chris, Paul, Chris Paul should be coach of the year. He is just, I mean, when you watch him last night, he's truly, he's mastered that position. The, the, the connection he has with Coach Williams and the team. And the hardest thing that you learn as a point guard is when to pass and when to shoot. And Chris Paul is a genius. His IQ is on a different level. He's 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 really mastered the art of running that position. Like when you say this is how you play the point guard position, then Chris Paul's name should be in there because he's really mastered that. And he's playing the game and he doesn't have to score anymore. That's just what I love more than anything. He's like, he's gone from being a 20 point scorer to now he's averaging around what, 14 to 15 a game now. And he's more effective with less points somehow. So I love how he's playing. And I, I agree with you. And I agree with your three. I, I agree in the order. And Mo, we didn't even talk about this before we got on. But I agree. I mean, I yeah. Jokic is, you know, Jokic and Embiid. The thing that makes those two in particular, you know, Giannis is just a, a, a different level of an of a, of a player. I mean, I don't even know how we describe him. But the other two, you know, Jokic loses an all-star caliber guard in Jamal mm -hmm. Murray mm -hmm. and wins the MVP in his absence. 
that to me is probably more impressive than anything because and, normally bigs and he's in the conversation without Michael Porter Jr. as well. Because we were all talking during the summer, Michael Porter Jr. is going to step up with no Jamal Murray. But guess what? He's injured too. And Jokic is still in this conversation. Yeah, Jokic is still in the conversation. Embiid is playing with a young guard, uh, Maxi, and he is playing better. So I want to give the big, you know, I love bigs. Give those guys credit. And of course, my man, the G unit, I, I, I love him. Um, and I love the fact that these guys are competing in there. It's a close race here. And, you know, I, I was just looking at Giannis's stat line last night. If I can just, the guy was 17 or 21 from the Yep. Yep. I mean, he I can't mean, be stopped. He cannot he 50 be points stopped. In, in 36 minutes. I mean, what he's doing, ladies and gentlemen, is, is this, this is not normal. This is not like something that you see. This isn't something that you you can teach. Either you have it or you don't. I saw Giannis has it. I saw something and, you know, someone said to me, when Giannis retires, you think we're going to have him above KD, above Steph? And the conversation is, he has the potential to be greater than both of those guys. And that's with all due respect to those two. He can be in the conversation with LeBron James and potentially, you know, that caliber of players where you talk about some of the best to ever do it. Because this brings me on to the next topic of conversation. The reason why I've got Jokic in the third spot compared to the other two, the other two could be candidates for defensive player of the year as well. Yes. So I'm going to give yes. you my top yes. three for defensive player of the year. And you know, I have to start by giving a shout out to the time Lord, Rob Williams, who has been a revelation for the Boston Celtics. And of course, every year I have to give a shout out to Marcus Smart, my number one perimeter defender. And obviously Drew Holiday is great and all these other guys. But right now my top three for defensive player of the year. And number three, I've got Mikhail Bridges of the Phoenix Suns. They've got the best defense in the league, the best record in the league. He takes on the hardest assignments. He can guard anyone one through four. And number two, I've got Jaron Jackson Jr. who has been cleaning up on the inside for the Memphis Grizzlies. His ability to not only block shots, but alter shots as well. That's an underrated aspect that sometimes doesn't show up in the stat sheet. That's why I think Jokic as well is a good defender. I've not got him in a race for defense player of the year, but people underestimate just how good he was. Did you see that block when the Nuggets played the Raptors to save the game on OG Ananobi? Yes. Yes. Big yes. time. We've got to give Jokic his flowers on defense too, but I've got Bridges. I've got Jaron Jackson Jr. And at number one, this is why he's number one on my MVP ladder too. I've got Giannis Antetokounmpo because even without Brook Lopez anchoring that defense, Giannis has been playing more minutes at the five, but it's the same results. He's still been a menace. No one wants to have him in front of them when they're trying to score the basketball. Who's your top three right now, though, BJ, for the defense player of the year award? In no particular order, because... Oh, you've got to give an order. Two... This, this is what the people well, want. They well, want well, the order. Well, you got to, you got okay, to give well, order. Okay, well, okay. And it's not a bad thing to be player. the third yeah, in the, the best, race right now. The it's, best, not, it's not a knock. Yeah, the best defensive player right now is Giannis. Without question. He's the best defensive player. I think two for me is, you know, again, I'm, I'm conflicted here because I, I want to say this before, you know, without shining away from it. Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green, before they had, they, they missed games for whatever yeah, the reason yeah, may That's been. the only reason and I don't want to put those two guys in there. Yeah, I don't want to penalize, guys, you know, listen. 
if you whatever COVID or whatever you're doing, like it is what it is. Rudy Gobert to me is in there, right? Correct. He should be in there. So I'm 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 gonna I'm, I, you know what? As I'm saying it, I'm putting Rudy Gobert. Still oh, you putting Rudy still number two. Still okay. Still. Okay. Okay. Draymond has missed, you know, I think more time than we expected, right? I don't think we've expected. No, he was only supposed Draymond to be out for Green, a week. For a week, and then suddenly now it's progressing. Now we're at All Star Weekend. He's going to miss the All Star game. I'm, I'm worried about Draymond that for the Green. May have been. Yeah, um, Draymond Green was probably the defensive player of the year. Oh, uh, there's no problem. He was 100 locked in. That, okay. that was it. So, so I don't want to. You know, if he returns and he has, you know, the remainder of the season, he will return back in my top three. Okay, so I wanted to say that, but I'm going to put Rudy back in there because I think he just returned this week. Okay, and then the kid Bridges is is there. I think the kid Bridges is there. I love what Jaron Jackson is doing. I I I I think he is. You know, he's playing the game at a high level. So I want to say Giannis, Rudy, and Bridges for me right now, and my top three defensive player of the year in that order. I hear it. I respect it. And by the way, going through all of these, we want to hear from you guys at home. Make sure you're tweeting us with your top threes for the MVP, for the defensive player of the year. And then there's one more conversation that I want to get a top three from you for the coach of the year. Oh, now there's been some fantastic coaching. Doc Rivers making the 76ers overperform, missing an all-star through the whole season. But I can't have him in my top three until I see how he integrates James Harden to this squad. We've seen fantastic coaching of recently from Ime Adoka. We've seen, you know, Taylor Jenkins and these Grizzlies, you know, they've been really doing something special. He deserves some love for that. But for my top three and number three, I've got Monty Williams. Best record in the league. Can't knock him with the Phoenix Suns, but can't be higher up for me because I think they were in the finals last season. So the expectation was there for them to be this great. The number two, I've got Billy Donovan, Chicago Bulls, playing fantastic basketball. Again, over-exceeding expectations. But for number one, I've got J.B. Bickerstaff because the Cleveland Cavaliers, we've spoken about this before, but I'm going to remind you, I didn't expect the Cleveland Cavaliers to be able to work as good as they have been so far this season. And the way that he's been able to make them play has been extraordinary. By making all those pieces fit, because we're in a league where it's typically small ball and the Cavs are the one that are changing the needle for the rest of the league. I know the Raptors are trying to do it too, but I'm looking at the Cavs with their twin towers in the front court. And that's really scary. And if that's an indication of how teams are going to be built in the future, then we're going to see a whole different NBA. So I've got to give the credits to those guys. Who you got, BJ? Well, we, we, we can't have a list without having mentoring, mentioning, because I don't want to take him for granted. I think he will go down as one of the great coaches this is Coach Spo down in yep. Miami. Yep. We, you know, every year this guy, he just he just gets it done. He's evolving as a coach. He's continuing to improve. He's coaching this modern athlete, and he does a great job. You know, also, I want to give a shout-out to Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr has done a really nice job. Um, I, think you mentioned, I think you mentioned Billy Donovan. Yep. Uh, Bickerstaff down there in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Great job. Um all jokes aside, I, I I love Chris Paul this year. I really do. All jokes aside. However, he won't get it, so I don't want to waste my, my vote. Uh, but I think in this order, I think at number three, Coach Jenkins down there in Memphis. Yep. 
has done an exceptional job. He really has. He's kind of come out of nowhere. He's come out of a great coaching tree. And I love how his team plays. And they get it. They, they transition from defense to offense as well as anyone in the league. Mm-hmm. And you can see, I, I love it when guys start getting recognized for their defense. Jaron Jackson, to me, that's a direct reflection of the coaching and what they're doing down there in Memphis. Okay. Um, and he's holding those guys accountable. Uh, John Morant plays defense. So I love what coaching, cause I think he's three Two, coach Williams, Monty Williams, Monty Williams. And the reason I say he's at two and not one is because he's coaching with the expectations to win. That's a very difficult thing. And he's coaching. They got, they got to the finals last year. He comes back this year and they're better. They're better. Mm-hmm. That's a testament to him and his staff. Okay. And this isn't a team where we're saying it's like Memphis. Well, we thought they would be okay, but they're, you know, there's no expectations. Cleveland, we're like, oh, wow, they're better than we thought. Yeah. The Bulls, Billy Donovan, like, wow, I didn't see this one coming. You know, and you well, got to give well, those guys well, credit. Reason I've got the cows over the Bulls right now is because the Bulls, you know, Zach Levine's been an NBA All Star. DeMar DeRozan, we've seen right. the caliber of play. Whereas the Cavs, they've turned Jarrett Allen into an all-star. Back when he was in Brooklyn, no one was projecting him to be an all-star. I, I agree. They've turned Darius Garland into an all-star. They're going to turn Evan Mobley into an all-star. So that's why I've got the Cavs up there. I, I, I can't argue that. I can't argue that. You know, and I, I respect that. Uh, but Monty, to me, is coaching under the pressure of expectations. That's the most difficult thing to do, and I respect that. And number one is Doc Rivers. Okay. Number one is Doc Rivers. You know, this is a dysfunctional league. Okay. This is a dysfunctional league played by dysfunctional players, coached by dysfunctional people. Okay. I can't think of a more dysfunctional situation than the Philadelphia 76ers right now. And I ask myself all the time, how many coaches could coach under this level of scrutiny and adversity and still be one or two games out of first place. You lose a 25-year-old star player who hasn't played all season. You piecemeal this thing together. And when I look at the standings, they were like a game out of first place last night until they lose to your Celtics. Mm, but they're right, just... They are right yeah. there. The yep. Celtics, I mean, the, the 76ers are like right there. Yep. And then I'm going to ask Doc Rivers to make a trade where I'm going to lose. He's going to lose two starters. He's going to lose Seth. He's going to lose Ben. He's going to lose a rotational player. I, I wouldn't class Ben as a starter, given that he started zero games. How many people can lose their first or second best player, however you want to put it, and then still do this? They, under the you're in philly you're not like in some small market where no one's paying attention (laughs) they've been dealing with this since their exit last year i i I will say this though i think you know you could make a case that benson was deciding not to play almost made doc's job easier because he can play a more traditional lineup whereas trying to fit ben simmons with joel Embiid, that's the task that i don't know I don't know any coaches okay, that, that, would, that would be able to do that. So That's fine. But I don't know any coaches who would tell me they wouldn't want to coach Ben Simmons. If you said, 
if you said, "Hey, you can coach Ben, you can get Ben Simmons," they'd go like, "Nah, he's not. He's not a traditional point guard." I, I don't think I'm thirty for thirty on that one. Okay, but but that's assuming they don't have the most dominant five man in the league occupying the paint. Because that's what's allowed Joel Embiid. He's not having to stand on the perimeter anymore. He's allowed to be on the block and go to work without having to worry about guys that can't shoot needing to also operate in the paint. Okay. When that, when that was all said and done, they were the number one team last year. Credit to him. Okay. When all of that said is done, nothing is perfect. When all of that got done, they were the number one seed a year ago. As you, your generation said, that's big facts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't okay. argue with it. But I'm, what no, I'm saying it, is, it, I, is think, it, I think that was more impressive, getting those two guys together to get to the number one seed. Okay. They get they their number one seed together. They're a game out of being the number one seed minus him. Yeah, they're two and a half games and, back now. And, two and, and, and they've games got back. James Harden coming in. So And they get – and now Doc Rivers has to shift again Mid-season, we're a little past the halfway point, and incorporate a 25 or 30-point score into this group. That's going to be tough. And then we're saying, oh, they can win the championship. So the, the, the level of expectations of meeting that of your fan base, the level of hope and all of the things and the pressure we're putting on him, and we're like, oh, yeah, we're getting James Harden? Oh, man, we're better now. And Doc Rivers... And company, they got to figure all of this out and incorporate all these people and get them in shape and da-da-da-da-da-da. To me, this has been one of his most masterful coaching jobs since he's been a head coach. And he's been doing this at a very high level for a very long yep. time. Yep. And This is very difficult. And if he doesn't win it, you know you're going to be blaming somebody. Mm-hmm. Hey. I, okay. I think he's got the so, experience, you know, integrating those pieces only, together in Boston and that single season turnaround. He's got the experience, even though it didn't work out with the Clippers and hasn't worked out with the Sixers so far. I think he has got the the ability to do it out of all the coaches in the NBA. We got to talk about the most improved player race, you know, because there's so many players that have taken a leap this season. We could yes. look at John Morant stepping up and being the superstar leader that he is now. But I think if you had watched the playing games and the, how Memphis ended last season, that's kind of a natural progression. I think Miles Bridges has done a great job of stepping up this season, although he has slowed down slightly from how he started. So my top three of the most improved players right now for me, and this is completely subjective, number three, I've got Desmond Bain, you know, coming out of nowhere to really shoot lights out for the Grizzlies, a huge part of their offense. Number two, I've got DeJounte Murray, who's doing amazing things, and I think not enough people watch the San Antonio Spurs and what they're doing. But for me right now, the most improved player is Anthony Simons, who's come along and is showing that he's a star in that Portland backcourt, especially with Damian Lillard's sideline. I've got Anthony Simons right up there as one of the most improved players this season. Who you seen so far, B, that you're looking at as a most improved player? It's interesting with Anthony Simons, you know? And uh, I like to refer to him as Anthony Simon says, you know, that's interesting. I I think without question, Desmond Bain belongs on this list. Yep. Okay. I'm going to put him at number two. Um, Who who you got number three then? I'm going to say Miles Bridges. 
Okay. I'm going to say Miles Bridges, even though he's taken a little, you know, you know, I'm going to say Miles Bridges, but number one for me is still Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Okay. Tyler Hero. Yeah. I, I, I like how he has progressed. And to me, he's a starter now, even though he comes off the bench. He's improved. And that's very difficult to do. You know, one of one of the guys I, you know, I, I have admired from, you know, from afar, I know him, we've become really good friends over the years is Jamal Crawford. Yes. Jamal Crawford to me has always been a starter, even though he was off the bench. And that yes. to me is an art. That's an art. Yeah. It's an art learning how to play, how Tyler and Hero has with, learned. With, with Hero, remember when he was going crazy in the bubble? Uh, Eastern Conference Finals, a couple games to the NBA Finals, he was balling out and everyone would like, oh, how good can this guy be? What I used to say was, for me, he can be like J.R. Smith, a very similar player to the Jamal Crawford comparison you made. Because J.R. Smith, bucket. Even though now the kids know him for the memes and the jokes and all of that, but J.R. Smith was the legitimate scorer of the basketball. He could be a star. He could be a sixth man coming off the bench. So I think you're spot on with the Jamal Crawford comparison in terms of having starting ability. But I think in some ways coming off the bench is even harder because you don't get time to settle into the game. You have to check yeah, in yeah. And, and produce immediately. That's what, and that's why, that's why I, 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 that's why I want, you know, Desmond Bain is a starter. You know what I mean? Miles Bridges is a starter, you know, Deontay Murray now, Deontay. Um, yeah. Deontay Murray. Deontay Murray now is a starter all-star. This kid, Tyler hero to me, that that's a, that's an art. Like you have to really have a different mindset to do that and do it well at the level he's doing it. So when you say improve, okay, we can see the stats and we can compare what, you know, he averaged nine points last year. He averaged 17, but he's had to change his mental preparation. He had to change the players he's playing against coming off the bench. He has to play how he plays as a starter. You know, when he's carrying the second unit, He's probably the primary guy when he gets to the first unit. Now he's maybe the third option behind Bam and Jimmy Butler. So I watching him play as a six man to me, especially this year, I've been very impressed with him because mentally that's not easy. Yeah. You know, most guys want to start. So I, I really respect what Tyler Hero is doing. And by the way, Mo, they are the number one seed currently in the East. So they're doing something right there. And, and I always talk about talent and I always talk about depth. And I don't want to that to go unnoticed. Tyler Hero is, is a big part of what they're doing. He makes big shots, big plays. And now we've come to expect that from him. But I just want him to know that me in particular, I appreciate him. And I hope hopefully more people will appreciate what he's doing because that's not easy what he's doing. You know, I as a player, I, I've, I've done both. And coming off the bench is a very difficult thing. Well, and, um, and and I give him credit. He's doing it as well as anyone I've seen, you know, over the last 15 or 20 years. And uh, when I was talking, I was thinking, you know, only one I've seen do it at this level, and he did it for years, was Jamal Crawford. I mean, Jamal Crawford really mastered the art of coming off the bench. And he was a, he was a bucket. He was, uh, I mean, what a luxury to have a player like a Jamal Murray. What a luxury for for Coach Spo to have Tyler Hero when things aren't going well for your starter. <laughs> yeah. Instant offense. Instant yes. offense. But, you know, speaking of players that have to adjust to new situations, 
the rookie of the year race. And I think it's a five horse race right now. And okay. I think the order changes so often. You, of course, have Kay Cunningham, the number one pick. You start off a little bit injured, but he's really shown that he's a big time player of late. Then, of course, you've got Scotty Barnes, who's been fantastic. He yes. started off fantastic in Toronto. He's kind of come down back to earth a little bit. Maybe it's that rookie ball, whatever it might be. I still think he's a fantastic player, but I don't think he is as good as he's been or as consistent, should I say, as he started the season. Then we also have to show some love to Franz Wagner of the Orlando Magic, who's been doing fantastic. Um, you know, I think he's surpassed all expectations. And then Josh Giddy going into Madison Square Garden with a triple dub. Giddy. Yo, if he gets onto a good team, if he gets onto a good team, that kid's going to be a problem. And then, of course, number one for me, Evan Mobley on both sides of the ball. Defensively, I've mentioned this before, they run a zone defense where he's guarding on the perimeter at the point of attack. I've never seen a seven-foot player do that. Defensively, I've seen him make a game-winning, he made a game-winning interception, block, steal, whatever you want to call it the other day. Offensively, he's really developing. I still think he has some ways to go in terms of the offensive consistency, especially that jump shot. I'd love to see him try and take more bank shots and try and bring back some Tim Duncan vibes. I think that could help him because a lot of his jump shots actually fall short off the front of the rim. I don't know what that's down to, but I think that that's the adjustment he could make. But there's five guys there. Trying to put them into an order is tough. BJ, do you have an order for those five guys, a top three that you can make? Because for me right now, I'm struggling to make a top three because it changes every week. Well, I, I think, you know, I think there's three categories here, right? Okay, at, at the, at the, you know, I, I think at the, the bottom of the category would be Wagner and like Suggs. I think, it was, I, this I don't think Suggs is in the conversation for me. I, for, for me, he's in the conversation. Okay, I think he's in the conversation. So I think Wagner and Suggs are at the, here. And I think Wagner needs to be recognized for what he's done. Then I think there are two players are above in the same. You have Giddy and you have Cade. Yeah. I think they are in the second tier. And then I think in this particular order at the moment, Mobley, one, and Scotty Barnes, two. Yeah. I think, I think it's a two-man race now. I think those two have separated themselves. And the reason I say they separate themselves is because they are rookies which mm -hmm. is, you know, that, that comes with its own set of problems. But both of them are making significant contributions to winning basketball. Yep. And I think Scotty Barnes, he started out, you know, like gangbusters. He came out and he started great. And Mobley has just walked everybody down. Yeah. To suddenly now you're saying this kid is for real. So I think Mobley and, and Scotty are in their own category i think Cade and giddy listen you know both of them are in let's say struggling franchises but they're yep. showing promise giddy goes in puts in a triple double in new york Cade puts in triple double i mean both of those guys you are saying these guys could be really good players mm -hmm. okay but clearly they're getting a chance to get extended minutes because of the situation they're currently in but over time you're saying and then I and I think the kid Wagner, again, is on a team that's trying to figure it out. Uh, I think he's he's shown promise. I mean, he's a very competitive kid. He's he's a little confrontational, which I like. 
uh, stands up for herself. And I like the kid Suggs. I, 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 I like Suggs. I think he's shown promise he was injured, so forth. But I think Mobley is one. I think uh, Scotty is two. And it could change. Yep. But I think those guys are really run, running neck and neck for rookie of the well, year this year. BJ, do you know what will not change as this season progresses? That what will not change is that I know this. We will be here every day. You read my giving mind. The people, That's giving facts. the people what they want. That's facts. We're going to be here every morning, Monday to Friday. Oh, excuse me. I'm losing my voice. Oh, <clears throat> I need to have a drink. We're here Monday to Friday. We're here for you. Any questions you want answered, keep an eye out for that tweet because your questions have been dope. We're going to be answering them tomorrow. Can we do that this week? When are we doing that, Mo? We could do it tomorrow. We could we could hit them with it tomorrow. We're going to see. Okay. We're going to see. We will, I was going to give them a little all-star preview, but we can throw some okay. questions in there too. In fact, we could okay. make the all-star preview questions about the all-star game. How about that? Let's do that. Okay. And until next time, my people, thank you again for showing so much love. But you know what you got to do? Get buckets.